Um, I was also watching Kevin Hart was on Joe Rogan, who I, I despise Joe Rogan, but <laughs> I don't even have a good reason. I just don't. I just <laughs> two I don't hour and 40 minute podcast. I mean, I know he's number one, but I don't How? think it's for the reasons he thinks it is. Remember Dave Chappelle <laughs> said they're laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sorry. I hope so. so I, sorry, Joe. Want to be a sponsor? Anyway. <laughs> she, she takes a bougie, bitchy sip of her drink. <laughs> and scene. Anyway. Amazing. Amazing. Ugh. Say that shit. Woof. Wait, what? <laughs> Cheers. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Amateur Intellectuals. My name is Kendall, and I'm here with my co-host, Caitlin. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How are you, my love? I'm doing fine. I had a good solid nap <laughs> today. Yes. Uh, so I'm having a good evening. How are you? Oh, I'm just fabulous. I'm just fabulous. I'm so excited for this episode. Um, so... A little bit of a backstory. We have like we have like loose plans laid out of like everything that we're going to talk about um, for like the next. I think it was like eight. Um, but we've eaten like mostly through mostly through this. So maybe it's like from this point, like four or whatever. And this episode was going to be about Thanksgiving. And um, more importantly, it was going to be like, here's like a little handbook for whenever you're walking into Thanksgiving with your family. Like whenever so your crazy uncle says this, 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 and this, here's like five clapbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was going to be really fun. And um, I, I, in, in starting just a little bit of research on the holiday, I saw that Canada has a Thanksgiving. Did you know that? Uh, yeah, they have their own Thanksgiving. Yeah. And it's I'm not October. sure what it is. Yeah. It's all. It's still called Thanksgiving, but it's October 11th, I believe. Hmm. It's like the first or second Monday in October, and somebody tweeted out a photo of what happened to their COVID cases after <laughs> the 11th, and it just kind of like tripled. And <laughs> so, I was thinking, you know. I don't know how to talk about Thanksgiving without talking about COVID. And I feel like the news is already doing that. And I don't want to be the news. So we're doing the last thing we want to do here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Anderson Cooper, and this is full circle. Um, (laughs) So we decided to switch it up just a little bit. um, And I think that we might have talked about this in the past, but maybe not. Um, and he was just top of mind because he just hosted SNL. And I think he is literally a god. Um, this week, we're going to be talking about Dave Chappelle. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Mm. Get your cigarette. So honestly, I think he's such a fucking badass for that shit. I love that. I, look, <laughs> I get people who don't smoke probably really think it's like lame. But I think it's hard. Yeah. Does he always do that for every season? Always. Oh, okay. I mean, I saw him on SNL, so. Yes. Yes. He's either, either like smokes. You know, I think that like a while. I don't want to say that. I'm not totally sure that it's sometimes pot, but I know that he smokes cigarettes because like he did a, he did um, my next guest needs no introduction with David Letterman, who's also a God. Mm-hmm. Those are my two favorite I days. Watched that I, show. Think. I haven't seen that episode yet, but because I'm going in order, but yes. that's a good show. Yeah. Oof, so good. Uh, he had a pack of cigarettes on his like side table there and he like was eyeing him and David was like, Letterman was like, 
Yes. You can have a fucking cigarette. <laughs> if it'll calm you down, have a fucking, yeah. It, but it, yeah, on any of his specials. Um, yeah, I think that one time he had like a little vape pen that that could have been like just tobacco or weed. But um, <laughs> off topic. I just love him so much. So um, in whenever I was like thinking, should we do this? Should we, should we go this way? SNL, da, da, da. Um, obviously he did the 846. He's got a new special out. He did the thing with David Letterman. He had a special out sticks and stones. That was a couple years ago. Um, I was, I was just kind of digging up some names and you have people like Howard Stern, Sarah Silverman, Kevin Hart, all saying like, this guy is Cat Williams, mm-hmm. Chris Rock, all saying this guy is it. He is legendary. He is, um, goat. He's just a goat. Um, the drink of this episode, it's a kind of a callback to a joke that I didn't know. Um, but he has a, a bit in stand up called it, the, jo- the name of the joke is grape drink. Um, and I don't want to get into it because we're going to go into a lot of things. And I know that's a cliffhanger. Um, but get a grape drink, whatever you have, spike it, spike the fuck out of it. This is a comedy show. We have a two drink minimum, make it three, four triples, <laughs> do whatever you need to do to get yourself in the mood. This is going to be fun. So Caitlin, the question this week, now this is kind of hard and like, don't you don't, answer whichever part of it you want to. Okay. What is comedy to you? Who is your favorite and why? Oh God. I have no it's idea. Huge. It is a huge question. Um, I get different things out of different comedians. So to answer the first part of your question, comedy for me, uh, the, the thing that I love the most is the quick repartee that brings like a, Oh, I mean, your reaction is first that, and then it's just on like bridled laughter because you're like, I can't handle it. Those are my favorite kinds of jokes. That's a really weird way to answer that. But, um, obviously laughter is laughter. I, you know, I take this very seriously. I try to make people laugh everywhere I go. Like I just, it's so fundamentally important to me. Um, having comedy, I think it's a binder of people. It's a, it's a yes. bridge between people. I think if you can make people laugh, then they understand a little bit more of you and vice versa. It's just this language that if you speak it well with other people, then you have a connection that you wouldn't have had otherwise. So that's what I think comedy is. Obviously I go way over, I mean, I do it at work. I do it way too much. I do it at home way too much. I'm sure I exhaust everyone in my periphery, but ain't no thing. I'm doing it anyway. Cause That's right. it's the language I speak. So my favorite comedians, so hard to answer that question because it's like food in the, t- in the sense of like, do you want Mexican tonight? Do you want Italian right. tonight? Do you want Chinese tonight? Do you, you know, do you want a burger? So for me, my mood changes and my, my, uh, comedy changes. So I'll say I love Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Um, they're probably my favorites. Um, there's also somebody who's way less, uh, like known as Tina Fey and Amy Poehler or famous. Uh, her name is Jenny Lawson. She is, uh, she's called the blog S and she writes like, she writes obviously a blog, but she writes books too. And I, die when I read those books. <laughs> I laugh so hard. So like, obviously I seem to be picking women. I seem to be, you know, picking women from kind of the same 
area like you know just like i seem to be picking white women i guess right uh because amy schumer so maybe there's something there that i'm not realizing that i like about that i have no idea i mean again i'm so rambling i like a hundred male comedians too but for some reason when you asked me that question they just popped right up to the surface Yeah. yeah yeah so so yeah i mean I don't know. Tell me yours. Tell me your answer to that question. It's 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 a terribly hard one. I've just like sprung on you. So I I, I totally because it's so goddamn big. Um, I don't. It's comedy to me. It's it's like it's more a like an art form. So it's kind of hard to just describe as like I, I think that it's incredibly personal. I think it's all about taste is what you were saying, too. I think Um, for me and my taste, my type, I like the cynical type. I like the dirty and mean, aggressive type. So like (laughs) drag shows, drag queens are great Um, at that. Generally, uh, Joan Rivers was fabulous at that. Yeah. also, like she importantly was always making the the butt of the joke about her too. So like that, like it's it, like yeah, you can't she wasn't just go out there from it. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Um, sharp cutting comedy—that's my my favorite kind. The making fun of you to your face. David mm-hmm. Letterman was great at that. Chris Porter is kind of a smaller, I think, smaller known name, um, but he's got a great. Actually, I don't think it's on Netflix anymore, but he's got a great special. Um. Going back to the thing about taste, uh, just like you said, it's just like food and what Mm -hmm. you like is what you like and what you don't like, you don't like. But I I think that Dave Chappelle, I think that he is misunderstood by most folk. And I don't mean that as like I'm enlightened and I know better. I just mean it in that almost all. Not almost all, but a lot of critical reviews of Dave are just so like, well, this is close, but it's not perfect because he just can't go without bashing women or he can't just go without bashing the trans folks or he just can't go without bashing the police. And it's like, well, he's a fucking comedian. So like, Mm -hmm. that's kind of the point. And it's not like and I don't know a lot. You're going to teach me tonight, but it's not like he's picking on one group and then just keeping you know he's not holding a grudge and hitting that target he's everybody's fair game right exactly spot on it's not like you know oh what's his fuck attacking the jews i'm thinking of the breitbart dude um What's his fucking name? There's Steve so Bannon. Many names. I just, that just came into my head when you said that. I was taking a sip of water and I was like, oh my God, I have so many names. Mel Gibson. No, no, not a comedian. I mean, on purpose. <laughs> right. right. No, it, it, everybody's fair game, including himself, including it, it's it. It is shock comedy. It is that. Yeah. But I think and I really do believe this learning about Dave's past and his history with the industry will be helpful for folks who were turned off by his style. Mm. There's a careful point to it that is nuanced and decent and good. And it's important to know that. I think I think okay, so this you're going to teach bit. me because I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Going into this, I'm not a huge fan of Dave Chappelle. I know I've seen some stuff. I haven't seen a lot. So you're going to teach me and you're going to expand my brain. Because I, the thing that, I don't know why, but the thing 
yeah, you, you, you nailed it. You said like, he's aggressive and he's, um, his comedy is not there to coddle you or like make you feel better about stuff. It's to mm-hmm. point truths out yes, that yes, I yes, think yes, are yes. sometimes a little hard for me to digest. And I mean that just as an imperfect human, yeah. it's hard for me sometimes. Cause he's not wrong from what I've, from the little that I've seen, he's not yeah. wrong, but I'm like, you know, as a comedian, and I, and I mean this about anybody, it's like, you're here to make me laugh and feel better. What are you doing? So right. why are you making me feel things and think about stuff? So right. it's a little bit of a baby attitude toward it. But I suspect that that's a lot of people toward comedians in general. Uh, yeah, especially the ones that are like trying to make some sort of profound statement or mm-hmm. or um some sort of uh I, I, the word is escaping me now um you know what is that called self-actualizing um uh not that it's about us it, mm-hmm. it, he's he's proving a point about us that we might not like to hear um he has some quote that's like I can I I'm not allowed to tell the truth I, I'm not allowed to speak my speak the truth without a punchline nobody will listen to me if I'm just saying the things that I believe because nobody wants to hear it unless there's a punchline and then I can kind of sneak it in which yeah. somebody made a great point about which we're going to get to so I'm so excited let's <laughs> get this party started so my introduction to Dave Chappelle was way back when and my father was showing me some clips from the Chappelle show um Fuck your couch is the one I remember. <laughs> I think that was Rick James <laughs> and a few others. Um, but then about three or four years ago now, I suppose, I watched Sticks and Stones on Netflix, which was his like first uh, coming back to the stage after a long time. Netflix being this big platform, it was this this. Um, big reintroduction to Dave Chappelle and I was so fucking mad I was angry after watching it um and a lot of people reacted that way I think that it's Rotten Tomatoes no I I looked up the other Rotten Tomatoes I don't know it it was very people were pissed off people were confused and they had hurt feelings and I did too, a little bit, because I was like, wait, what? He, he was making fun of the Me Too movement. He was making fun of trans folk. He was making fun of. And I just didn't get it yet. But mm. let's go through some history and we'll come back to this. So David Kahari, Kari Weber Chappelle was born August 24th, 1973. So he's almost a fucking Leo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just missed the cut. That's okay, baby. Next time. Uh, he was born to two professors. So smart, smart folk. Um, his father was in Yellow Springs, Ohio, which is where David Letterman just had his special with um, Chappelle. And his mother was a professor. And get this, a Unitarian Universalist minister. Have you ever heard of that? No. I mean, Me universalist, no. Unitarian kind of minister, yes. <laughs> Let's break, break down those big words. Uh, yep. <laughs> kind of, no, never, yes. Got it. Um, I did just a quick breeze through at Wikipedia. So it's like, it's like a spiritual, it's just a spiritual faith and like all sources are admissible as scripture. None are required. Members are free to observe their own personally favored literature. So oh wow, that's some pretty like intellectual shit, I think. Yeah. Pretty uh, liberal. Um, 
Dave Chappelle's great grandfather was William David Chappelle, who was born into enslavement and mm-hmm. eventually led a delegation of African Americans who met President Woodrow Wilson at the White House. Mm-hmm. I think he mentioned that in he did SNL. in his opening monologue. Yeah, yeah. So Chappelle's sorry comic- on SNL. Yes, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Is that what we said? I thought that's what you said. I said his opening monologue and then I left it like into the ether oh. and didn't clarify. <laughs> when he was born, he just came out and said that shit. Yes. Yeah, his, his opening monologue. Mon- yeah, out of the opening. womb. <laughs> yes. Um, his comic inspiration came from Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor. That's obvious, I think. I do sense that in the comedic style. Um, it, obviously, it's his own, but I do see the roots there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Both hysterical. Now, I don't see and like, fuck me for this, but I don't know too much about Richard Pryor's comedy or Richard Pryor, the person. But in doing some research about Chappelle, a a point about him comes up at the very end, which is pretty fascinating. Um, So his parents got divorced. And after they separated, Chappelle stayed in Washington with his mother while spending summers with his father in Ohio. In high school, he worked as an usher in Ford's Theater, which is where... Do you know? That was where Abraham Lincoln was shot? Nice! (laughs) Yes, that's right. I just started watching The Weakest Link, so I'm just like, dun-dun-dun, and you all. But you nailed it. That's great. Ooh, this is a quiz show, too. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. One hundo P so far. <laughs> That's right. You are the strongest. In 1991, he graduated from Washington's Duke Ellington School of the Arts, where he studied the theater arts. He quickly moved up the rings after graduating, starting in small comedy clubs and quickly moving to his own show, which is obviously The Chappelle Show. Wow. So do you know anything about The Chappelle Show? Like the the the, the headline? I've seen it before. No, I've seen little clips of things. So like one character that he had that I thought was really funny was the blind racist. Absolutely. Yes. That was very funny. The Klansman. It was just yes. such a funny and like everything <laughs> that, that that character would say. I'm just like, that's really fucking funny. Uh, but that is about my gist. And then there's like a prince character that has like yes. cocaine on his nose. That's like as far as I my knowledge extends. You're welcome for that brilliant that's great. Um, summary. That, that's the sh- so that's okay so he starts off now okay okay i don't want to fuck this up so i was watching a review of the Chappelle show by 17th visions on youtube and he kind of does like a a study of comedians and um he was talking about the Chappelle show and he noted that dave always played on the topic of racism in, in like just about nearly episode but never in a way that would offend the audience but he kind of smartly put the medicine in the comedy so that you got your dose while being bent over in laughter it was brilliant smart comedy with a message so like you said there was great sketches plenty of great sketches there was the blind clansman charlie murphy and prince playing basketball uh charlie fighting rick james the fuck your couch thing that's what my dad would like show me that over and over fuck yo couch fuck yo couch i don't i was probably way too young to be watching that but that was so fucking funny uh charlie murphy is eddie murphy's brother oh yeah I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I'm a fucking idiot. So 
as season. So he did two full seasons of the show and it was a big hit. People loved it. This is Comedy Central. Um, as season three was getting started, Dave signed a $50 million deal for two more seasons, which was like crazy money at the time. Mm-hmm. Like for Comedy I Central. Mean, <laughs> who, who knew Comedy Central had that kind of a budget? All they do Even is have. reruns. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And like. On the list of like, I think even in 2017, Forbes had a list of like the highest paid comedians and Dave Chappelle at that 50 million number was number three on the list. Second only to like Louis C.K. and Jerry Seinfeld, who Jerry Seinfeld's like 800, 900 Years old. Yes, I know. Yes. And not that funny, <laughs> but. <laughs> he never really, he never really, I never got him. I never got him either. I love Larry David. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that, I mean, Seinfeld is just a, like a, um, a PG-13 version of Larry David, I mm-hmm. think. Here's every, here's every Seinfeld episode ever. What? You shut the door? I shut the door. What do you mean you shut the door? I'm telling you, I shut the door. That's so I shut right. the door. I'm confused. You're saying you shut the door. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, why is this so popular? Right. That's, that's when it speaks to me. As you said, it, they're, they're all artists. That one just went right over my fucking head. <laughs> right. And everybody loves it. Yes. <sighs> yes. Um, Julie Louis-Dreyfus, who was Elaine in Seinfeld, mm-hmm. um, then went on to do Veep. Veep. And yeah. Veep is like the ultimate Amazing. hysterical. Yeah, absolutely perfect. You turned me on to Veep. You made me watch it. And then I was like, okay, 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 okay. And then I started watching it. It was back when I lived there. You were like, yes. you have to watch it. You have to watch it. I'm on this binge. I've been watching all these episodes. And like, I want to talk about it. And so then I started watching it and I could not stop. I was dying. There's so many good quotes from that. There's so many good characters in that. <laughs> Hilarious. But I derailed us. Sorry. But no, Veep so is good. perfection. Veep should be put up there, you know, and win all the Emmys that it deserves as it Oh, did. yeah. And it did. Yeah. And she won like, what was it like four or five back to back to back to back? Got mm-hmm. sick. Lost that next one. And then like, I think she got the last, did she get the last one? I can't fucking remember. I'm so bad at that. I don't remember either, but whatever. She's got a room full of Emmys. That's all we need to remember. (laughs) And she goddamn deserves them. Yeah. Yeah. I am in there putting out two fucking fires. (laughs) 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 So good. If you haven't watched me, my God, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, Okay, so back to this $50 million thing. So this is huge. This is like crazy cash. They like put all their money in a bucket and we're like, this yeah. is everything we have. <laughs> Taking <laughs> out loans to, to pay Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And a, a couple things happened all at the same time. Um, the network obviously tried to take a little bit of creative control as I would hate to say like as you would expect, but it's not surprising Mm -hmm. that they would they were trying to like recast some characters into like, quote, universal types. So they were Mm -hmm. looking to replace the black lady with a white lady and add sex appeal and just like stupid, typical stuff. Um, That's what I read first. And then. We're, I wish that we had commercial breaks because there's like another cliffhanger. We're like, I'm, and we're going to come back to this because it, it turns out to be bigger than just that. Uh, he had an interview with Oprah that we're going to get to in a second. So remember that point. Um, okay. But he he 
flies to Africa. He left his cast and his crew confused, didn't say anything. How could he leave? And how could he leave with so much money on the table? He just up and left. So as part of it, I think, so you've got, you've got the, the network taking control a little bit, and then you've got this other thing that happens. And then you also have the Oprah thing. So in 2004, in June of 2004, he was doing a stand-up performance in Sacramento, California. And Chappelle left the stage due to audience members interrupting the show by shouting, I'm Rick James, bitch, which had become a catchphrase from the popular Rick James sketch. Uh So in that sketch, I just rewatched it today. He's like, I'm Rick James, bitch. And as he's doing stand up comedy, people just keep shouting that at him. And he storms off. And after a few minutes, Chappelle returned and continued by saying, this show is ruining my life. (sighs) He stated that he disliked working 20 hours a day and that the popularity of the show was making it difficult for him to continue his stand up career, which was, quote, the most important thing to him. And he also told the audience, this is so interesting. You know why my show is good? Because the network officials say you're not smart enough to get what I'm doing. And every day I fight for you. I tell them how smart you are. Turns out I was wrong. You people are stupid. Wow. Oh, my God. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) Yeah. Because to me, it's like, okay. Up until that point. So so the gist of the entire story is going to be like stand-up comedy is like his passion. It's like his thing. Like he's got several quotes, which is like, I just want to do stand-up and I just want it to be fun. And that's it. Like I don't really care about all this other shit. I just want to have a good time doing stand-up. It speaks to a little bit of the heart. Now, obviously, the end of the joke is very – I mean, he was upset and he was pissed off because he had just walked off the stage. But there's – it speaks to – there's something right there that – it. it, it Hints at the good personhood, the the trusting nature of Dave Chappelle. You know why my show is good? Because the network officials say you're not smart enough to get at what I'm doing. And every single day I fight for you. I tell them how smart you are. So a few years later, so he goes to Africa. He disappears. He's got $50 million. He left it on the table. He walked away. He comes back and does an interview with Oprah. And Dave says that he believed the show was becoming too socially irresponsible. He didn't want the show to only show people of color in a bad light. He couldn't let it become like a minstrel show, which I just learned about those. Do you know what that is? A minstrel show? I mean, I know yeah. what a minstrel, I know that word. <laughs> <laughs> what? What is it? M. Okay, wait. M-I-N-S-T-R-E-L. Oh, not a men- <laughs> there's your Texas accent right there. <laughs> they was doing the menstrual shows. Yeah, I thought, oh, that's an odd choice. The, <laughs> it choice was a full words. moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I don't. I, I don't know what that means. So it was like a, um, I just learned about this at, I mean, it wasn't just at the University of Texas, but this is part of, they were just kind of doing a, um, a sweep through of the college and like it's race racist past uh this this i think it was a professor there and he was showing where they used to do minstrel shows this was i, I watched this a couple of weeks ago and it explained that it was like white people would get in blackface and act like clowns oh. and mock 
people of color and they were absolutely disgusting and terrible. Mm. And he was saying that if like if if I'm doing this in my show, if this just becomes a, a minstrel show, if I'm just yeah, a, a version of that. Yeah, right. Exactly. I have I can't do that. So he did what so many people wouldn't do. And he stood up for his convictions over money and fame and success and criticism even and blame and all of it. And he just said no. And he walked away. And the message was more important to him. It's it's this is going back up to what I just said about like him, him his trusting of the audience and the message being important. Um, in the interview with Oprah, he explains that one day on set, he heard someone in the wings or whatever on set um, laugh. And he explains that it wasn't the right kind of laugh. He said, I know when people are laughing with me mm. and I know when people are laughing at me. And interesting that I so like we have like the network taking a little bit too much, you know, creative liberty. We have social irresponsibility. And then this I think this one thing, I think this was the, the thing that really struck him. And I think that's what caused him to walk away from it for years. Um, the guy I mentioned earlier who does the studies of comedy 17th visions he stated that uh he believes that Chappelle doesn't get enough credit for showing quote real black power here um i think it took some years for it to line up exactly this way but what he did when he walked away was expose the game and he noted that there was a threshold with money and fame. And if you cross it, you end up going what people call, quote, crazy. Just to, then they just do that to dismiss you. And there was an example at the time. I can't remember who the celebrity was uh, waving a gun around. Um, I think it was also Mariah Carey was was starting to be called crazy because she had just gotten all this money, but she was acting funny. He mentions that briefly, but I don't know exactly what she was doing. Waving your or gun he, around. I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. Singing <laughs> Could holiday you imagine songs. Her doing that? <laughs> anyway. No, I can't, but it might be perfect. Um, or even himself, you know, walking away from $50 million deal, running off to Africa just to get some space. Mm -hmm. um, the game is this pressure cooker of life. And he just kind of held up a red flag in a mirror and exposed it. Um, Years later, after all of after the Oprah interview, years later again, I think this is 2013, shit, maybe 17, I don't know. Sticks and Stones was the first Netflix special. It opens with Chappelle talking about how Anthony Bourdain killed himself. And that was a moment that was pretty impactful in my life. Um, because I was, and this is exactly what Chappelle talks about in the opening of this thing that was so critically uh, acclaimed, but also beat up on. He's like, Anthony Bourdain got paid to travel around the world and eat. And if that's not good enough, how in the world is anything good enough? Like if this mm. is like, I remember processing and being like, if this is, the dream, like this is the ultimate, like if you could do anything and money weren't an option, obviously you would do something kind of like this. And you're telling me that even when you get there, it's not 
it's not enough. How Plant. do you, how do you, yeah. How do you process that? How will anything you ever do be worth anything is a very easy derailing question from that source. Right. Right. If you're looking at that one thing and obviously like in the, with the case of Anthony Bourdain, it, it turns out that it's, sometimes it is just what it is. And, um, that's not fair and it's not always right. And it's not, I'm not saying that it's just, it's terribly complicated. All of it's terribly complicated. Um, and I don't know, I I think we should do a whole episode on Anthony Bourdain himself. So I don't want to like do anything here that I would like close the deal. Sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. I, I appreciated it. So I was just thinking, but like you said earlier, you're like, Dave Chappelle's not here to analyze. He's not here. That's not what his job is. He doesn't come to the table to say, well, this is what happened and this is where it's too sensitive and this is where it isn't too sensitive. Like he's a comedian, so he's going to say things. He's going to hit truths where he can. He's going to slip them in there, like you said. But I see that mental philosophy and then I see it opening up with his monologue or whatever like starting it just like we're just gonna start if you think this is gonna be too much then buckle up because you know it's it's only gonna be more from here so (laughs) but again he's treating us like we're smart enough to know what jokes are yes and what is just offensive and what is actually his thoughts and he's trusting us to know the difference Yes. Uh, yes. Say that shit. That's exactly it. And like, it's terribly complicated for like knowing that that's what he's doing is, I think, the whole bit. I think that that's so important. Um, so in that show, Sticks and Stones, the, the very next punchline is talking about how stupid cancel culture is and making fun of the audience because he's like, you guys are the ones that are saying it's you in the audience that are saying I'm going to find anything on Twitter, even if it's 50 years ago, 15 or whatever. And it doesn't matter when it is. I'm going to cancel you. And you sound like a fucking idiot is what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And then after that, he moves on to the Michael Con- the Michael Jackson controversy. And then he like he's, he's just throwing shit. He's obviously just throwing shit. But every time he does it, and it is shot comedy. Don't it, it, it's it's that for sure. But in there, there are pieces in the middle where there's depth and there's exposure on exactly what can we deal with, and what what do we run away from? What are we uncomfortable with? in ourselves and as a culture mm-hmm. um, and what, what needs some light with that little mirror in his hand. Um, do you suppose that that was entirely calculated or do you think there was a little bit of emotion involved? Real question to you. Like, cause I don't know the answer because it sounds like when he came out with this special after being gone for a while, he almost was like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. Like, I mean, like I am going to do it my way and I don't care. And so yes. I almost feel a little bit that human nature in that is that you overswing the pendulum a little bit and you go a little yes. farther and a little harder than maybe you would in the attempt to prove a point. So I just wonder, yes. and I haven't seen the special, uh, if you want me to, I will watch it. But, uh, I just feel like, did he overswing his punch on purpose, but on not purpose. necessarily, not necessarily without a reason, but I just mean like, was there emotion that kind of carried a swing? You know what I mean? That's the brilliance of Caitlin right there because it's so 
spot on. And like, I, w- I don't know that I would have gotten there, but in another clip, in an older clip, I think it actually might be the interview with Oprah. He talks about how he's so looking forward to seeing how this thing plays out. Right. And this is mm-hmm. before the special. This is before the deal with Netflix. He's talking about like, I am either going to be a legend or I'm going to be somebody that had potential and crashed and burned. And I'm eager to see which of those it is. Um, but you can bet your bottom dollar that I am going as hard as I can. So whatever, whichever way it turns out, I'm putting everything I can into it. And we hadn't even gotten to that part yet. And I think that you're absolutely right on what that is. Um, So that was a couple of years ago. And then he just did um, two new shows. It's called Equanimity and The Bird Revelation, each about an hour on Netflix. And it was when I watched those... I turned around and we rewatched Sticks and Stones and I was like, I get it now. And this yeah. man is brilliant. There's something about it's 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 mean, it's pokey, it's making fun of, obviously. It's I mean, you see it on SNL, right? When he's like making fun of Deborah Burke sitting there not saying anything when Trump is saying, you know, drink bleach. And he's like, well, th- that's why they deserve half or whatever it is they make. <laughs> 75 cents, whatever it is, it's too much. Right, that, right. It you're not going to like hearing it, I guess, <laughs> but it's fucking it's a fucking joke. And what I first took as offensive, what I first took as insults in Sticks and Stones about trans folk and uh, the alphabet, as he calls it, the LGBTQ folk, I, when I when I got what he was doing. I fell in love with him and he became my number one. So Hmm. in one review of Equanimity and the Bird Revelation on Rotten Tomatoes, somebody said, a critic said, he takes us to the depths of absurdity, walks hand in hand with his offensive nature and speaks on the knowledge and wisdom. And we can see. I fucked that up. Let me write that down. I can't read. Forty four zero zero. Okay, here we go. One review of this on Rotten Tomatoes, a critic said he takes us to the depths of assertive. <laughs> okay. 44, 14. He takes us to the depths of absurdity. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Okay. <laughs> I don't either. It's, it's fun. <laughs> In one review... Of this on Rotten Tomatoes from a critic. He said, he takes us to the depths of absurdity, walks hand in hand with his offensive nature and speaks on the knowledge and wisdom we can see in it. And then after these two specials, of course, he did 846, which was a uh, YouTube. I think it was maybe on Netflix as well uh, on the killing of George Floyd. And then obviously he just did uh the SNL show uh, just after the election, which he actually did the one four years ago. Do you remember that? Yeah, I did. Yep. Yeah. So wait, what did he say about George Floyd? I'm just, it's just such, uh, he's walking through a minefield, like just like walking. He's just like walking straight mm-hmm. through. He's like, I don't give a fuck. And he's just like, I'm walking. It's like, ah, I'm curious. I mean, anyway, you can tell me later. You can tell me later. No, that's a great. I'm glad you you mentioned that. It's actually it's about 22, 24 minutes. I just watched it today. I was trying to get fresh and refreshed on all of this stuff. Um, 
It's very, it's excellent. It's very, very good. Um, it's more of like a, I think it's described as like more of a discussion with a couple punchlines. It's not necessarily like a, it's not, you know, it's pretty dense, heavy stuff. Um, in that, he was talking about uh, 8.46 is obviously the amount of time that the officer was kneeling on George Floyd's neck. It's oh also God. the time that Dave Chappelle was born on his birth certificate. It says 8.46. So he's oh like, I can't God. get this number out of my head. And he talks through the protests and he's like gives a shout out to the, he's like the kids out in the streets protesting you know, I feel very comfortable as a passenger right now. You guys are at the wheel and I trust you and I believe in you go mm-hmm. and I'll be back here. And then he talks about Don Lemon on CNN was calling out like, where are the celebrities? Where are, you know, where is everybody um, to say something about all this? And apparently asked like in that end, Don Lemon saying that he was like, well, Dave Chappelle, where's Dave Chappelle? And Dave Chappelle was like, so offended by that because he's like, these are the streets talking right now and they don't need me right now. Like let, this is their shit. Let them do this shit. They don't need, I would be taking from it if I did anything. Um, and then he gives two stories about, um, folks dealing with, uh, police brutality and it's very good. It's, 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 like everything that he does, I, always, I I learned something. There's two stories that he goes into at the very end about guys that did some pretty extreme stuff um, it, it, and to fight police brutality. And the way that he pieces it all together is really, really brilliant. So definitely give that one a shot because it's actually a pretty short one compared to, okay. you know, the hour long specials. Yeah. Um. I was also watching Kevin Hart was on Joe Rogan, who I, I despise Joe Rogan, but I don't even have a good reason. I just don't. I just two I don't hour know and 40 minute podcast. I mean, I know he's number one, but I don't How? think it's for the reasons he thinks it is. Remember, Dave Chappelle <laughs> said they're laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sorry. I hope so. so I, sorry, Joe. Want to be a sponsor? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, she takes a bougie, bitchy <laughs> sip of her drink. <laughs> And scene. Amazing. Amazing. It's like having Alex Jones on, having um, Steve Bannon on, uh, Roseanne, right after all that shit with Roseanne, he had Roseanne on. He just says these things that I'm like, you're just doing it for clout and I hate you. Yeah, yeah. Um, But Kevin Hart was talking about how what you just said exactly, uh, Dave Chappelle... Like, whereas you see so like listening to Conan even or Kevin Hart or comedians across the board, they're so afraid of cancel culture. Like they just yeah. think like if they get hit, that's going to be it. Right. Mm-hmm. And they can't stop talking about it. they can't get over like this PC culture is detrimental to comedy and blah, 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 blah. And like I think of them as completely separate things. I'm like, if you're in comedy, you're immune. And actually, I have this in my notes somewhere, so I don't want to go too far into it. But um Dave Chappelle, Kevin Hart was giving props to Dave Chappelle 
because he was like, he knew the stakes and he went out there and he gave it a full swing. And he was like, I don't give a fuck if you like, this is what you're like, yeah. saying you're going to cancel me. And I dare you, bitch. He went in with his eyes wide open. Yeah. And right. knew what the cost would be if he, if not even if he fucked it up, if the world decided that they didn't want him. Like, yeah. There is something, there is something brave in that behavior. There's something, especially for comedians. I mean, comedians in general, and you've heard this a million times, are just, they tend to be very intelligent, but very broken people. Yes. You have to imagine that he didn't come without his demons too. Yes. You know, he wasn't just going in like a, you know, with his glasses on and an explosion behind him. Like he was definitely... probably flawed too and had fears and and obviously probably took some of this to heart about his you know his worth and whatever about his success so anyway i'm just saying it's a complicated mixture of things and to to be brave through that in general in any situation if that's the case if that's what dave Chappelle did then you know listen kudos if we could all if we could all be that brave yeah yeah, exactly. What a great, it's exactly what I have written in my notes is the word brave. And I think I'm going to repeat myself on a couple of things here, but I want to read this because I don't want to miss anything if, if I go off the top of my head. But I think what I like about Dave the most is his bravery to commit to comedy. And so many comedians now, if not damn near all of them, are always bitching about cancel culture and they're so afraid of it. And comedy, in my opinion, is that taboo thing. It is that offensive thing. It's saying what can't be said. It's making fun of things you can't make fun of. It's Joan Rivers and it's Dave Chappelle. Comedians, if they are any good, are immune to cancel culture in their bits and their routines. Obviously, I don't think they're immune to cancel culture in other places. Louis C.K. being a great example of that. Mm-hmm. Kevin Hart catching a little heat. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's Kevin Hart that's always bitching about cancel culture all the time. And then Dave just goes out there and says it. He commits to comedy being comedy. And here it is. He trusts people with it. And how ironic he's not canceled yet. The only time that he was ever canceled was when he canceled himself. Right. right. He's like, bye. <laughs> Fuck you all. Goodbye. I'm going to Africa. Right. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I need some time to my motherfucking self. Exactly. I want time for my motherfucking self to go to Africa. Can I have (laughs) anyway? Can I have fifty million dollars that I can leave on the table on principle and then go to Africa, please? (laughs) Imagine, just imagine. So this goes back to that thing, and it's the art of it. It's 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 comedy as an art form. and, you know, after Sticks and Stones, he got into he got into heat, too. He got into heat for saying a lot of offensive things. But in a since-deleted Instagram post, Saturday Night Live's Michael Shea, also brilliant, defended Chappelle by lashing out at the negative reviews, complaining that, quote, all their criticism seems to be about the take and very little about the actual art. And you mm. can tell when half of the reviews are verbatim quotes of the jokes. That's really interesting. Right. You got me thinking about comedy as I've never thought about it before. And so when I put him into the machine that you just explained, you know, the recipe that you just gave me, that it's that it is an art form, I definitely look at it. So then I go and I look at it from all these different angles. Like, does it fit? Does it fit? Does it fit? Does it fit? And 
It does because, so I even think about his great grandfather that he mentioned in the, in the monologue of SNL. And I think like, would his great grandfather be proud of him or not proud of him based on the way that he's chosen to live his life and do his comedy? And I don't know, I'm not, I'm not going to say that I can speak for anybody other than my damn self. Um, (laughs) But I would say, yeah, I mean, like you stood for something and you did it in a way that we can handle it. And I just I'm sorry, I know I'm interrupting you, but there's one thing that I wanted to bring up. That's a much watered down example of what you're saying. I think I had a conversation with somebody recently who said who made a comment. And initially I did not about comedy. And initially I did not believe him. I was like, idiot (laughs) you don't know comedy i know comedy you don't know but then i thought about it i took it in and i started thinking about it and then it was about fucking white whitest answer ever i'm sorry dave chappelle that's all i know um the office somebody said to me recently about the office that it would never run today it would never run on air today that it got away with it because times were not so politically correct and so strict. So when I first took that comment, I I didn't. I just threw it back in his face and I was like, you're an idiot. No. Yeah, you're a fucking idiot. That's my first. <laughs> no, like that's not right. That's not right. That's not right. No. But then I listened to some of the jokes in some of the episodes. I still disagree overall, but I listened to some of the jokes in some of the first season and I was like, Ooh, that's pretty edgy. Like you're trusting us Mm -hmm. to know that, you know, like, like the whole, um, uh, Kelly in the first episode, like, or not the first episode of the first season, like cookie, cookie, whatever. Mm -hmm. Stupid joke. I mean, not even Mm -hmm. intelligence there. It's just, I mean, it was no level of Dave Chappelle, like, and I'm trying to make you think about stuff and leave thinking about something. It was just a racist ass joke or like all the gay jokes at at oscar that michael does um like he's he's my queen like you know (laughs) and uh (laughs) jim is my ace and whatever whatever stupid stupid jokes but i did go back and i and maybe you'll disagree but i i looked back on some of these episodes and i was like he's kind of right and that makes me horribly sad horribly sad that some of these jokes wouldn't fly today because again, if you do it right, you're not making fun of someone. There's something very different about that. We don't have professional make funners. <laughs> right. We have comedians. We have people right. who take truths and stretch them into things to make you laugh. And then you say, as the audience member, I connect with you. I know what you're talking about. That's rooted in truth. It's, it's a funny observation, but you said something that's true. I think Sorry, a super long monologue about no, not it. But at all. I just think in a very, 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 very watered down version of that, there the same argument is an easy argument to throw at any comedy routine and any anybody. You could throw it at Dave Chappelle any day of the week on any Absolutely. comedy special he does. Absolutely. It's, oh, it, we, the world wasn't ready for him or whatever. Well, then, like, fucking relax. And then we are. I mean, like, that's as much as it takes. Just don't take everything so personally. Comedy, there's no room for comedy in your life if you're going to take everything so personally. Yes. Yes, exactly. And I don't see, like, I don't even think PC culture is a real thing. I think that it's... um, I think it's Fox News propaganda, actually. I think it's, Mm -hmm. like, QAnon-level shit. 
because, it is, but if people are believing it in big numbers, then it is reality. People start getting, that's another episode. It's, it's true. It's true. And the truth is, is that there are enough people talking about, there are enough people that believe this thing mm-hmm. to be true that we, you're right. We do have to talk about it. And I'm glad that you brought up it up. in arms, physically, metaphorically. Like it's, ready to it's shoot so somebody else. Fake. It's so fake though, because it's like Laura Ingram's talking about patriarchy culture, and it's such a good tool for typically Republican-leaning folks to be like the left is just trying to police everything that we say, and free speech isn't a thing anymore. Um, and it's just quite simply not true. Now, does the left sometimes go overboard with um, some things? Yeah, I guess so. If 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 giving a fuck about people's feelings is going overboard, I suppose you could come up with some arguments, some examples. I'm well, thinking and there are of assholes in the midst of any group, right? There are some always. who are making a bad name for others. But anyway, I'm so sorry. I no. t- again, I took you on a fucking journey. <laughs> no. I'm glad that you did because I think I would I don't think that I would have come up with like saying PC culture um, on my own. I'm glad that you brought that to the table because I do I I very just wholeheartedly believe and like I think that probably 95 percent of folk don't agree with this, but I don't even think it's real. I think that so long as we can trust a joke, if we can trust ourselves with a joke, we're all going to be okay. Mm-hmm. We're all gonna did it be hurt okay. you? Did it physically hurt you? Are you okay? <laughs> like, right. Did that joke? Did it hurt you? Right. You need a bandaid? Are you okay? And that's I mean, what. So I was just watching in Sticks and Stones. Dave Chappelle starts talking about how he doesn't believe the people accusing Michael Jackson. Right. He's like Michael Jackson's been dead for ten years, and here come all these people saying that he molested them. Right. And he's like, you know what? I don't believe them. But even and as part of a joke, he's like, and even if. It was true. If it were true, then like this little boy got his dick sucked by the king of pop, like the king of pop. Like for the rest of us, it's just like really uncomfortable Thanksgivings for the rest of our lives. You know, it's not the king of fucking pop. It's the uncle. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Right. But but it's true. Right. But it like not the like first part, the first part's a fucking joke. But then he points out like, oh, you people are getting offended by a molestation joke. But and then he even says, like, I bet you 50 percent of y'all were molested by somebody in your fucking family. Right. And you know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. Is out for blood. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And it's very. But that's what I love about it. It's 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 sharp. It's sometimes uncomfortable. It's profound. It's. It gets tricky, though, when you start saying your own, you bring yourself into it, because I think what he from and this is all based on what you're saying. You're saying, no, I'm interpreting that you are saying uh, that, like, he's very smart about making fun of things that. I, I guess I have to believe that he doesn't necessarily believe all these things, right? He doesn't believe that women deserve to make less. Duh. Right. He doesn't believe right. that, you know, kids should be grateful that, <laughs> that you know, I can't even say it. The right. king of pop. <laughs> but like, obviously he doesn't believe these things. Where it gets confusing for me as a listener yeah. is where's the character start and where does Dave 
start? Like, where does the character end and where does Dave start? Mm-hmm. Dave, the individual person. Because if he is making a statement, the Michael Jackson one, for example, if he is making a statement that he doesn't believe them, then he that's different because it's like, well, comedian, who are you to say? Da, 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 da. You know the template. I don't have to like write I, it all see, out. That's true. And like, I'm thinking of like Seth Rogen, who I don't know enough about to be actually saying that, but I'm thinking of people just being like, I'm a comedian. I get to do whatever. I get to say whatever I want. You don't know if I'm kidding or not. It's yeah. a fucking joke. Get over it. Watch listeners, Caitlin, everyone watch what he did with David Letterman, because it's so interesting because I think that's when I really sank into the goodness of Dave Chappelle. You saw him? Did you see him? Because that's part of my problem. I don't see him. I don't know where he is in this bubble of comedy. Yes, yes. When he sits down, because David Letterman's also brilliant. And this is my Mm -hmm. seventh time saying that this episode. But the two of them sitting there and talking about comedy, um, it really let me, like, trust in him as just being a really stand-up guy. he goes into a little bit about his faith. He goes into, um, you know, living in small town Ohio. Uh, he goes into family. Um, give it a watch. It, it, all mm-hmm. of David Letterman's stuff is fabulous. Oh, that new show is great. Um, mm-hmm. I'll but, watch it for sure. I mean, it's, I'm already watching it in the evenings. Just I'm going through the list. So, yeah, yeah. Um. I'm almost done here. I just have, I've got one last thing and then I've got some like other like little quick things that are just little tidbits of information. So, um, the daily beast argued that Chappelle's provocative comedy was the entire point and that his goal was to say the thing we're not supposed to say, let alone think, and then making us consider what it says about us that we quiet those parts of ourselves. It goes back to the message and it always, always does with Dave. So in a sort of wrap up here, when asked about the biggest influence on him in comedy, Chappelle spoke of Richard Pryor and he said, what a precedent he set, not just as a comic, but as a dude. The fact that somebody was able to open themselves wide open like that. It's so hard to talk in front of people or to open yourself up to even your closest friends, but to open yourself up for everybody I free base, I beat my women, I shot my car, and nobody's mad at Richard for that. They can understand that. Somehow, they just understand. And when I was going through this thing this year, that is the example I would think to myself that gave me the courage to just go back on the stage. And I think that that, that's the end of the quote. I was wrestling with that. As I was writing these notes, because I was trying to figure out, like, obviously, there's something in there that scares the fuck out of me. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? But then I can't get past the overarching um, resemblance to Brene Brown connection. Hmm. This is the fact that somebody was able to open themselves wide open like that vulnerability. Mm hmm. Open vulnerability so publicly was such a groundbreaking thing, right? 
and like feeling connected to somebody even way up there because you can relate on even shitty things, things that aren't great. But connection being this most important human thing is this kind of this running thread that I'm finding in Dave Chappelle. Hmm. So can I, okay. I struggle with that a little bit and I'll think on it to see where I get. I struggle with, you know, where's the line? It's hard for me to see the line. So with Richard Pryor about beating women, for instance, I'm particularly sensitive to that. I mean, it'd be like, you know, anything, saying anything that just is, wait, 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 <laughs> go, 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 go back. I feel my hackles go up my hairs on you know i feel my defensive you know feathers go up because i feel like i don't want to laugh at somebody who does that let alone glorifies it now not saying that he does glorify it but that doesn't just because you put it out into space you have a responsibility to i think at least be receptive to how all the interpretations can go so I'm worried that that kind of worries me now. I'm not picking on Dave Chappelle at all, but like the idea of like, you know, wow, you know, you're so vulnerable. He talks about how he beats his women. That's a little bit of a harder leap for me to take because like I automatically want to shut him down no matter how funny he is on principle, which I think is part of the problem. It, It Like in a softer sense with other things. I think audiences do that very quickly, very cavalierly, but I have a, I have principles too, Dave. I have principles too, Richard. And like, you should trust me that, you know, you don't have to be, you don't have to be, you know, the, the church going saint. Uh, on the contrary, if you're a comedian, you should have some like edgy things to say, but I get a little, that one for me just gets me a little guarded and it makes me not want to, not want to sit with you and connect with you. I want to pass on the connection because he told, he says something that I find fundamentally not acceptable. So I wonder if maybe that's where the disconnect happens with people on a bunch of different layers on comedians. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I, sorry, my cat's in here. I'm going to try to edit out some of that, but if I'm speaking in any else, it's just going to be that. Um, Leave him. I, I, I hear you loud and clear and I see how I think a lot of people think that way. I, I also, and this could be, stop cat. This could be like my bias toward Dave Chappelle. So like Dave Chappelle is saying that even though Richard Pryor was making jokes about that, even Mm -hmm. though there was something about this thing, this vulnerability thing I t- see it. That's the thing. That's the thing that makes this this I, uh, terribly difficult because so like sticks and stones. I was terribly offended by some of the stuff you're saying about queer folk. Mm-hmm. And. It's not. It's comedy, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like, that's the thing that makes it so. Tough. Just like you were saying, but like yeah. we can and like like Louis C.K. I brought up as an example, like, you know, he got in trouble because he was jerking off in front of people, which oh is boy. terribly yeah. <laughs> fucked up. And 
I think he's like kind of making his rounds. Like he's starting to come back a little bit. And I don't, uh, at first I was like, no, it's too soon. And now I'm like, why? He's going to like, we're going to have to get over it at some point or it's not get over it, but like forgiveness and redemption come after it, it just has to. Yeah. Um, comedy being what it is that immune thing i think that immune thing has to run all the way deep it's joan rivers talking about jews burning it's david chappelle joan rivers being a jewish person it's dave chappelle doing the chappelle show it's i mean i'm only thinking of like gay examples with louis ck but that's the thing about this thing. And it's it really is just this one thing, in my opinion. But it's like this one thing that is so separate. Mm-hmm. And like. It has to be the case that it's immune in this art form. And like it, we'll decide, you know, it'll be it's not up to it's not up to the comedian. It's up to us. Yeah. We'll decide if PC culture is real. We'll decide if. <laughs> How far we're willing to take comedy. Yeah. And I think jokes are fine. But if if it's based on any kind of reality about their life, like, I mean, drug use, it doesn't mean they're going to go do drugs. Right. Like meaning the audience members It's like if you joke about your years of drug use on the stage, is somebody going to go, oh, my God, Dave Chappelle did drugs like I'm going to go do drugs like, please. I mean, I, I would hope that the. You know, the people aren't that easily gullible and influenced, but right. yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I have work to do too. I just, yeah, it's, it's a tricky line because you've got, I very much see these comedians, like I said a little bit ago, like a person that's hidden in this like little cloud, right? That's my member. We talk, I'm visual, visual person. Doesn't make any fucking sense, but I'm visual. <laughs> um, so I see this person and you know, there's a person in that cloud, but you can't get to them. You can't see them in there because they're surrounded by this cloud. And what you get is the cloud and you're like, okay, but, but like but move. Like I want to see what's, I want to see what's in there. And I think the thing that's tricky about comedians in general is that it's very hard to get in there. And mm-hmm. then oftentimes when comedians choose to then be real, often the audience throws them away or, or not just, you know, invalidates that statement or that interview or whatever. It's like, make me laugh, gesture, make me laugh. Right. And it's like, what are you doing talking about serious things? I mean, even some of those movies with comedians, it's, it's harder to watch when Robin Williams did one hour photo. Did you ever see that movie? I haven't. Holy shit. So Robin Williams also very flawed character, also very crazy and funny did a very scary, like scary thriller, creepy stalker movie called one hour photo. And I remember watching it going like, <gasps> like my childhood. Like, what? Why? Flubber. Why? Yeah, like, why are you Jumanji? Right. <laughs> so anyway, long rant over. I'm just trying to process. I'm trying to process all this. Cause like, I don't know where, I don't know where I stand in terms of like, oh, that's not okay. Don't say that. Or like, I don't know. Cause I think I probably am more, PC than I like to be. Um, so, hey, you're teaching all of us, like, they're comedians. Yeah, it, 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 they just, 
and like even comedians I don't like, they get that same, like everybody gets the same pass like? here. Tell me. Uh, John Mulaney. I don't like John Mulaney either. His voice is, he's Jerry Seinfeld. And it's, his voice rubs me the wrong yes. way. Yes. Yes. And it's just like boring. I yeah. don't like Amy Schumer. I don't think she's funny at all. But that's just, that's Mexican no. food versus, <laughs> you know. Uh, no, it's fine, um, it's fine. I like Chelsea Handler. I don't know that I think that, I go off and on with her being brilliant. Um, uh, who do I not like? James Corden, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel. Um, because they are like because they're pretty to the template they're pretty straight laced mainstream is that why they're just not funny to you i just genuinely I just don't i had a i had a favorite i think i think i had a favorite and david letterman and everybody else go fuck themselves i think that's yeah. probably the truth yeah like um, sports team yeah kind of very that um john oliver don't don't hurt my feelings don't <sighs> do it <laughs> i'm okay with him okay, so, like, so like he and colbert kind of have like a little bit of a different thing to me than like the late shows mm-hmm. even though they're i think they have the same name but a late show and then last week tonight i think there was just like more of like a politics funny comedy news. oh man john oliver rips i mean in his way in his safer way i mean certainly not dave chappelle but oh my god he fucks with people he fucks with people like he at the end of it, almost every episode he at least he used to do he would like do something that would enact change he's very much an activist so like he'd have a um he'd give you the number for uh like some lgbt I'm fucking this up, but like some LGBTQ like rights thing and and would say like, put it in Mike Pence's name. And like he'd put the number on the screen yes. and like he'd do stuff like that. Or um, there's another one where there was something going on in the headlines when Mike, he, I mean, Mike Pence is just who I'm thinking of at the moment. He fucks with everybody. But uh, there was like Mike Pence had a bunny, Marlon Bundo, or like his daughter had a bunny. And like the bunny lived in the White House or sorry, not in the White House, obviously, in whatever the fucking vice president, the V. (laughs) (laughs) Julia Louis-Dreyfus's house, whatever. Um, So anyway, he made a he commissioned or helped commission a children's book about Marlon Bundo, about the Mike Pence's. I have it. I own it. I read it to my daughter. And it's about it's actually about gay rights. That's right. I remember that. So, again, he's like, buy my book and like all of it will go to whatever charities or whatever. So he definitely stirs the pot and he he enacts change in a very aggressive way. He bought ads on um, Fox News that uh, like real commercial spaces and nobody like caught it or whatever so they aired these commercials that were very like making fun of all the republican and everything like i mean i'm telling you it's just amazing but anyway sorry again back back on track back on track so i went through a stint with him i went through a stint with bill maher i can't stand bill maher now i think bill maher is so fucking wrong on so many things Mm. and he's like totally islamophobic like it's just absolutely ridiculous the shit that he says on fucking tv he's pretty close-minded about everything too like he's pretty like decided like i'm right you're wrong Yeah. yeah 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 i i watched him for like a year maybe a year and a half and then i was just like oh whoa 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 you're fucking nuts um Okay, just a couple other. I've got like six sentences here. Just a couple other things of note about Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll learn this if you watch the Letterman thing. Chappelle con- uh, converted to Islam in 1991. 
He told Time in May 2005, I don't normally talk about my religion publicly because I don't want people to associate me and my flaws with this beautiful thing. And I believe it is a beautiful thing if you learn it the right way. Chappelle appears in a video uh, explaining, this is actually in the Letterman thing, uh, explaining the religious backstory of the well of Zamzam in Mecca. Um his great-grandfather, Bishop William D. Chappelle, was born enslaved in 1857, served mm-hmm. as a president of Allen University. His mm-hmm. great-great-grandfather, Robert J. Palmer, was a member of the South Carolina legislature, then majority black during Reconstruction. And his grand-uncle, W.D. Chappelle Jr., was a physician and surgeon who opened the People's Infirmary around 1915, a small hospital and surgery practice in Columbia, South Carolina, during yeah. a time when segregated pre- segregation prevented many African-Americans from having access to health care. That's amazing. Right. I mean, I was like, obviously, it comes from a genes. lot of very thinking people, very yeah. mindful thinking people. Exactly. In two thousand four, wow. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. In two thousand four, he donated his time to Seeds of Peace International Camp, a camp located in Otisfield, Maine, which brings together young leaders from communities in conflict. Uh, in twenty twenty. Uh, David Chappelle endorsed Andrew Yang. So he's a Democrat. Love that. Could you imagine if he was a Republican? (laughs) That'd be a fucking curveball. What? He supports Trump. Like, what? That's the thing. Like, kind of going back up to what I was saying about he did what people aren't doing. And, like, he makes jokes about poor whites. Like, that's a big part of most of his skits. It's like poor whites. He has a a joke about, you know, Trump supporters and I think is in a voting line. And he's like, I'm sitting here looking at all these poor white folk going to vote for Trump. And they don't have, you know, a dime to their name. And they think that he's fighting for them. And I'm sitting there smoking a cigarette thinking he's fighting for me. (laughs) Like, he's not. He doesn't even know who the fuck you are. Um. I can't remember how we got there. Oh, yes, yes, I can. Um, Andrew Yang, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has won three Grammys and two Emmys, a Screen Actors Guild Award, and the Mark Twain Prize for American Humor from the Kennedy Center. Mm, that's a big deal. Yes. Julia Louis-Dreyfus has also won that. She's fabulous. Tina Fey is as well. Tina Fey has won that. David yes. Letterman is. David Letterman won that. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen, see, see, like every now and then I go back and I watch those speeches. I don't know that I've seen his. I'll, I'm writing that down literally right now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure because I saw it on the Tina Fey episode of um, David Letterman, that show. That, you know, the, the new one, the one you were just talking the about. The new one. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. My next guest needs no introduction. That's the show. That's all I got. That is really interesting. Okay, so listen. I will give him a shot because I like I watched him on SNL. I was like, oh, oh, that's okay. And at face value, I thought, you know, I thought my first thought was, God damn, they gave him a really long ass monologue. <laughs> right. I was like, is this like a whole comedy special? Like, yeah. are there any skits in this? Like, I mean, it, it wasn't a it wasn't a negative. It wasn't a complaint. I just thought like it was an observation. Like, he's still on. Like, what time right. is it? Adele had like 12 seconds and then Chappelle went on and on. I know. <laughs> I know. So anyway, it was, I mean, it was fine. Um, yeah. I mean, there were definitely I guess the the thing that turned me off about him when I've seen him in the very short amount of things that I've seen him. And I've heard people say too, like, he's a genius. Have you watched Chappelle show? And like, uh, like a lot of white 
a lot of white people are saying that. Like, there mm-hmm. is so funny and it's so well thought out. So I'm sure, you know, again, to your credit, like there's definitely something there. But I just felt like because on the surface, I was like, he just seems like, you know, he reminds me of a little bit is um, Spike Lee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it makes me feel like in his own genre and his own art form, it makes me feel a little bit like, why do you hate me? Like I felt, I feel a little insecure when I watch Spike Lee movies. I feel a little insecure when I watch Dave Chappelle because, and I'll watch it again with these new eyes now to see, but I feel a little, not attacked at all, not attacked. I feel a little like, what? Like, not that it didn't speak to me, just that what? No, like, that's not what are you talking about? So I need to just watch it again and just see with all of the knowledge that you just dropped on me. I need to see it with those goggles on and maybe it will translate differently because um, I get insecure. You know what I mean? I get a little like, oh, wait, why are you what? What? Watch the women make 70 cents on the dollar or whatever. Like, but I get it. Right. Now that you've explained it. Right. And I think that's something that we need to be. And I don't even think that you're taking it this far. I, I, I know that you're not. But like, it's so important that we don't. So like, it's not v- victimhood. You don't you're not taking victimhood. But I think people do. That's not what you just said. Mm-hmm. But I think no, that no, a lot I of people you, react with like, wait. Taking offense. Like, yeah. Right. You're just saying that all white people, it's kind of like an all lives matter answer to a black lives matter thing. Right. It's kind of like, well, you need to. So like watch the David Letterman thing because you get to know the intent. You get to know the heart. You get to know that like this, this faith to him is really important, but it's more, his thing is more about like, you need to do what's best for you and like combating he kind of mentions it in S- the SNL bit too is like hating I don't hate people but I hate that feeling I hate that feeling that we're talking about now as a nation when it comes to police feeling you know unappreciated he's like I'm a black man I know that feeling and mm. I don't hate you I hate that feeling and I'm with like I understand I get it I think that there's something really big and beautiful about that that I hope becomes a really big part of his next steps because I think that he's peaked some he's peaked some interest and I think that whatever he says next could be um pretty it could hit a lot of people um with open hearts so do that and then let's circle back Mm -hmm. I will I will do my homework yeah Mm-hmm. Well, good. Well, Thank you. I'll think. I'll think on it, and I'll try to see it with new eyes. Not only Dave Chappelle, I'll try to watch other comedians too with that idea that they're standing for something and that there's something fundamentally intentional about it. And let me see. Let me see how the other comedians, as well yeah. as Dave Chappelle, translate. Because yes. some will and some won't. That's right. I was gonna. I was just about to say. I don't think that most of them will hit that. But I think mm-hmm. that he and some. I interestingly, I think Cat Williams. I always mm. say Dave Chappelle's my number one, Cat Williams is my number two, because Cat Williams did an interview one time where he was talking about how making people laugh is medicine and like it's the most important thing that he can do. And it's a, like it's so much about building community for him. Mm. And like I think his jokes are usually pretty ridiculous and kind of silly and stupid. And I love them. I think they're absolutely hilarious. 
But knowing that like he has this intention of driving the community together is something that really pushes him way up on the list for me. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. You've enlightened me yet again. Yet again. <laughs> um, okay. Listen, follow us on social, please. Uh, email us, please. Rate us, please. Do all that, please. Um, if you like us, show us that you like us. And uh, that's our show, right? Yes. Okay. Email suggestions to topics at amateurintellectuals at gmail.com and all that other shit she just said. That's absolutely right. <laughs> yep. And all that other shit she just said. <laughs> it's quick. You can do it quick. <laughs> that's you right. You can leave and a review that just says, okay, but five stars. Right okay. That's yeah. right. What you doing do it right, right now? now? Do it right now. Go. Right Go now. right now. You're listening to us right now. Go do it. Go. <laughs> Go. Okay. Uh, you ready? Let's do it. Ready. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I fucked that one up. <laughs> that was great.